The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr. and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We would like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV, channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE, channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. And from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with a sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Cali for 97 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada Bilalpam on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hans Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those living in the hospitals and conflicts and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, Please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. To start off today's telecast, church choir in the direction of Emilia Hahn will sing that upbeat and toe-tapping song, Everything I Need. They will be able to come by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Iris Lock on the organ. Yes, viewers, our Lord and Savior is everything we need. He is our mighty Redeemer, our promise, keeper, and great provider. 
As the words of the song goes, he's never less than faithful, so I know he'll always be everything, everything I need. The church band, under the direction of yours truly, will play the song entitled, Take Time to Be Holy. In the perilous times we are living in today, it is imperative that we take time out of our busy schedules to simply meditate with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Prayer is the strength of the gospel. It is prayer that moves the mighty hand of God, which moves the whole world.
Associate Pastor Marvin and Bing will give the Lord all the praises and glory, singing the Spirit-inspired song, Jesus is Walking With Me. Doing his background music will be a trusty associate pastor, Mr. Pro Senior, make sure the sound of the of the guitars, and yours truly on the piano. We praise and thank the Lord that we have Jesus as our shepherd and guide. Though the storms may rage and our way is dark and dreary, Jesus is our shining light to lead us on this straight and narrow path. For if God be for us, who can be against us?
The church choir will now perform their final number entitled, I'm Gonna Keep Walking. They will be accompanied by Thierry Summers on the piano and Rose Bacher-Carter on the organ. Yes, viewers, with the Lord by our side, we can accomplish all things. With His help and guidance, we can push through all adversities and claim the victory. For He has promised that He will never leave us or forsake us. Please follow along and sing with the choir as you see the words on your screen.
We are blessed to have trusty associate Basil Mansfield Sr. performing solo on the guitar entitled Through It All. Be faithful to God and He will bless you. Love the Lord with all your heart and He will take you through it all. We praise and thank the Lord that we worship a true and living God.
The saints in harmony will now sing the uplifting song, Since Jesus Came to My Heart. They will come by Christy Hahn on the piano. Through the signs in the heavens above and the earth beneath, we see that the second coming of the Lord is near at hand. Now is the time to serve the Lord and accept Him as your personal Savior, Master, and Lord. Now is the time to let Jesus into your heart. For today is the day of salvation, if you will but hear His voice. At this time, it is with great pleasure to dedicate this beautiful song to a dear sister who is none other than Mrs. Irma Kidder. We pray the Lord will continue to bless and strengthen you all the days of your life in your walk with Him. Have a wonderful and blessed Sunday.
Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I'd like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m on Time Warner Cable, channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website at jesuscomingsoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches and services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanero Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Elverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espero in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espero in President Rojas, Cotobato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. We all need comfort, strength, guidance, wisdom, and solutions to the many and unending problems we encounter in our daily lives. What better way to address our human perplexities than by seeking and turning to Jesus, our Lord and Savior, to fulfill those needs? I thank you for joining us in today's telecast. I sincerely pray the Lord will touch your hearts and the sermon I have ready for this telecast and entitled, Have We Lost Sight of Heaven? Will that be an important step in the right direction? Would you seek? Heaven becomes the final destination for everyone who has been born again of water and of the Spirit. The bride of Christ will enter heaven through the translation and will forever be with Jesus. Some will enter through the first resurrection when the tribulation period is completed, making them palm wavers. 
after the earth, that the earth and the sea will give up their dead to be judged by Jesus for their works at the great white throne judgment. The faithful should have an overwhelming desire to be found worthy to be part of this translation or rapture as it is most often referred to. Is the rapture possible? By all means, but the participants will be minimal. Let us read in Proverbs 25, 7. For better it is that it be said unto thee, come up hither. The scripture gives us two examples, which assures us that the rapture will take place. These examples confirm the promise that was made to all believers past, present, and future, and especially for those who are living in the last days. These symbolize that not only the dead, but more so the living will be translated. That is addressed at the first resurrection. Why? It is because he is a God of the living and not of the dead. As was with Enoch and Elijah, the church is expected to be laboring enthusiastically in promoting his righteousness and promises. At the beginning of the Old Testament, Enoch was raptured because his life proved worthy of the reward. Enoch was blessed and escaped physical and spiritual death because of his faith. Let us read in Hebrews 11.5, And by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Midway of the Old Testament, there was an appointed day for Elijah to be called up into heaven. Elijah did not know when it would take place, but he was given foreknowledge of the event promised to him, likened to the promise of eternal life given to us in the gospel. The scripture tells us that there will be an appointed day when Elijah would be taken up into heaven by a whirlwind. However, though having knowledge of this heavenly reward, Elijah did not sit back on his laurels, waiting impatiently. Elijah personified what the church should be doing today. Elijah labored intensively, preaching until the day arrived. No one else in the Old Testament has been caught up into heaven. Not even Elijah was raptured. He being a faithful apprentice with Elijah, and who witnessed Elijah depart into heaven, died of a sickness. However, in his life, he labored faithfully, embracing the promise that he too would be raptured. The problem with many believers today is that perhaps they have lost sight or have gotten off track regarding heaven. Believers must be mindful of the fact that entrance into heaven will be restricted. Bearing that thought in mind, they should not take their salvation for granted. After being expelled from the Garden of Eden, a flaming sword prevented Adam and Eve from re-entering the Garden of Eden. The flaming sword is the Word of God. Likened to a two-edged sword, the Word of God serves a dual purpose. First, it will prevent sin and unrighteousness from entering. And second, it prepares believers for a safe and assured passage. The promise Jesus left every born-again Christian is that he will return in like manner. When Jesus does return to assemble the members that make up his body, will you be ready to meet him? The Bible tells us that the key to the kingdom of God is the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit inspired the authors of the New Testament. They were holy and God-fearing men. In other words, these men were spirit-directed. The Holy Spirit granted them the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding needed to scribe the message that was necessary for all of mankind to hear and acknowledge. For nearly 2,000 years, people, nations, and governments 
have tried to understand who Jesus is. The thought of him as a prophet, similar to those of the Old Testament, such was the case when Jesus discussed the subject with the disciples while on the coast of Caesarea Philippi. Others believed that he was just one of many paths that eventually led to the kingdom of God. However, few, very few believed that except that Jesus was the Son of God, the Son of Man, and God in the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. Let us read in Luke 4, 16 to 21. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your eyes. The council that assembled in the synagogue on that day was indeed blessed with the presence of God. They were no doubt amazed at the words which Jesus spoke. Previous signs and wonders that were performed at his hand confirmed every word he spoke. Thus, the statement Jesus made was plain and precise. He was the promised Messiah, the hope of Israel, and the one to whom they looked and prayed to for deliverance and salvation. Jesus preached, the time is now. Today is the sales day of salvation, if you will hear my voice. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only key to the kingdom of God. It is simple in nature and in content though its origin is of God, and his understanding is unsearchable. The gospel does not favor any one race or culture, because in the eyes of God, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Lord is not a respecter of persons, Jew or Gentile, bond or free, male or female. Everyone must acknowledge and repent of their sins and come to accept Jesus Christ as a personal Savior and Lord. Through the test of time and through the efforts of spirit-filled and conscientious pastors, the gospel has maintained its integrity and remains intact as it was on the first day it was preached by Jesus because of God-fearing and Holy Ghost-inspired pastors. The gospel is good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes the Holy Ghost every fire, and Jesus is coming soon. On a particular night, a dramatic change took place within the heart of a God-fearing man. His name was Nicodemus, and he was by profession a Pharisee. He learned how traditions or a person's religion could not save him. However, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, eternal life and the incorruptibility of this human body was brought to knowledge and made achievable. Let us read in John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. There is only one explanation to this scripture, which is a quote from verse 7. Ye must be born again. Water baptism resembles the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Baptism was never omitted from salvation, and in the Lord's eyes, 
It continues to remain an integral part in his plan of salvation. Over a period of time, baptism has been omitted or made into an option. A convert can choose or not choose. In my opinion, when there is an absence of the Holy Ghost, there is also an absence of righteousness, discipline, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Jesus tells us in John 5, 39, Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Turning to 1 Peter 3, 21, we read the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also not save us, nothing putting away of the filth of flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I cannot overemphasize the point that faith and obedience are required to have our souls saved from the consequences of sin. The New Testament reinforces this statement as it tells us that faith without works is dead, and furthermore, without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. It is unfortunate that this world will remain unsaved due to its negligence and ignorance. Paul concluded the Jews as being unsaved because of their lack of knowledge. The Pharisees continued to the object to the baptism of repentance by John the Baptist. Because they refused to be baptized, they lacked faith, foresight, and understanding. Salvation has been simplified for our sake. No longer do we have to celebrate feasts or offer sacrifices for sin. All that is required is to turn to Jesus Christ and keep his commandments. To reinforce this point, let us read of Naaman. Naaman of 2 Kings chapter 5 desired to be healed from his leprosy. We will find in this passage how the opportunity to be saved is set before us and is readily accessible. What we learn is that we can become a hindrance to ourselves by failing, by failing in faith and obedience. The absence of humility will also prevent the eyes from seeing the simplicity of the gospel. Naaman had an arrogant heart. He desired to do some great thing and preferred the rivers of his homeland than the river of Jordan. However, the healing he greatly desired was conditional. Elijah told him to go and dip himself seven times in the river Jordan, and he would be completely healed. Upon hearing the instructions, he staunchly objected and offered every reason why he need not go to Jordan. After being convinced by his servants who live insignificant lives, finally Naaman went to Jordan and was healed. Though to some faiths and doctrines, baptism appears to be insignificant and non-essential to salvation. It nevertheless remains an integral function in making one's peace with the Lord. In essence, it is an act of faith confirmed with works. If Naaman did not humble himself and follow God's instructions, he would not have been healed. If we do not acknowledge ourselves as sinners, we would never come to Jesus. Therefore, we do not humble ourselves and follow the path and pattern set by the Lord. We cannot and we will not be saved. Mark tells us, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Thus the simplicity of the gospel confounds the wise and brings an end to their profound wisdom. On Pentecost, the apostle Peter revealed the keys to the kingdom of God. Let us read in Acts 2, 37-38. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes, the scripture is on in John 3, 5, Acts 2, 38, and Matthew 28, 19, complement each other. They all say the same thing, that he must be born of water and of the Spirit, calling upon the name Jesus. 
Have you ever asked yourself what could have generated such a huge response on this phenomenal day of Pentecost? After all, the words which Peter spoke caused 3,000 souls to be saved. That is, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. Ask yourselves, what did they see? What did they hear? What did they feel that could have moved so many souls to repentance? We read in Acts 2, 11 to 12 and 21, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed, saying to one another, what meaneth this? And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What they saw and heard on that designated day was something new and marvelous. God manifested His glory in a manner never seen since the days of the prophets. What they witnessed of the Holy Ghost was never seen before. Additionally, they heard out of the mouths of these impoverished Galileans in the numerous native tongues residing to Jews in the wonderful works of God. We read on in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Yes, Jesus was given a name that ranked higher than all of the names of the earth. He was given a name at which every knee would bow. He was given a name that at the mention of it, the devils would fear and tremble. Thus calling on the name of Jesus in water baptism removes the barrier which stands between man and God. Let us turn to and read 2 Corinthians 6, 1-2. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that he receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Yes, I encourage you to seize the moment of grace. Time is short, and Jesus is coming soon. Believers have so much to look forward to. The Lord will bring with him new heavens and new earth. Wherein dwells righteousness. In the process, our bodies will undergo a change that will be likened to that of an angel. However, in heaven, the bride of Christ will be superior to them. In heaven, the causes of that bring about death, pain, and sorrow will no more and be non-existent. At present, there is no bodily form dwelling in heaven with the exception of Jesus Christ. Enoch and Elijah rest in the bosom of Abraham. That is the promise. Waiting for the day when the spirit, soul, and body will be reunited with Jesus. Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, he did so with a glorified body. Let us read in 1 Corinthians 15, 47 to 53. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As he is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit corruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trump for the trump shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. One of the answers that Jesus gave to a society that preferred to ridicule the doctrine rather than to believe in it was that in heaven everything will be different. Mankind, earth, and the heaven will not be the same as we experience it today. Everything will be made better. Paul attempts to explain the change that takes place as Jesus returns. Paul carefully differentiates the earthly man and the heavenly man. The earth man meaning man who desires to live in sin, and the heavenly man a man who has been delivered from sin by being born again. 
The earthly man lusts for the things of the world, whereas the heavenly man prefers the things that come from above and desires to be with Jesus. The earthly man does what seems right in his own eyes, whereas the heavenly man decides to have his name listed amongst the saved in the Lamb's book of life. The scripture also reveals that we cannot enter into the presence of God the way we are. Physically speaking, flesh and blood cannot enter heaven. Paul uses this analogy to make the point clear that professors and wickedness of man will not be rewarded with eternal life. Paul was excited about the anticipated change as men of the faithful were at the very moment. Thus, when Paul said, we shall not all sleep, but shall be changed, he was tremendously inspired by the promises of God. The fate of man, that is physical death and spiritual death, as well as eternal separation from Jesus, did not deter Paul's faith at all. Paul knew that physical death was no respect for persons. Death is not avoided by the way we live or by what we have achieved in this life. The rich, the poor, the great, the small, man, woman has been destined to suffer physical and spiritual death. Solomon in all his wisdom concluded that everything in life is vanity. Solomon resolved that since we will all meet the same end, that is death, mankind should realize that fearing God and keeping His commandments is a much better way of living. The apostles spoke of the transition into the manner it would take place. First, it would be when the Lord sounded the call. For the believer, the words come hither are very much anticipated. What was once considered a mystery in ages past is now being revealed through a mouthpiece inspired by the Holy Ghost. The rapture will take place instantly and unbeknownst to the world and its unbelief. It is described as happening in the twinkling of an eye. Great events will take place. Graves will be opened, give up the save who have died embracing the promises. These are the corruptible, dawning incorruption, the transition. The saved are laboring upon the earth will be translated after them with both parties of the saints, meaning the Lord in the air. Those who are alive and laboring in the vineyard until day's end are what Paul referred to as mortals who are dawning immortality. In the end, death is conquered and the saints live on forever with Jesus. The description of heaven given by John the Beloved in the book of Revelation is food for the soul. His experience continues to inspire believers to live a life upon this earth that will be rewarded with eternal life when Jesus returns. Jesus said, He that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Paul also was privileged to view paradise. His description of paradise could not be put into words. As eloquent a speaker as Paul was, he admitted how the revelation of heaven to him was so wonderful that no words that he could ever utter would do justice in describing heaven. He just knew that it was wonderful, magnificent, and it was beyond words and something to look forward to. Jesus ministered to the disciples for a period of 40 days following his resurrection of the dead and then was caught up into heaven from the Mount of Olives. As he was being caught up, his arms were outstretched and spoke in a language and blessed them in tongues. And this was a blessing upon them that their first experience with the manifest of the Holy Ghost. A greater blessing was in store for them as they waited for the day of Pentecost. The church cannot afford to wave in doctrine and ordinance of the Word of God and Spirit in the last days. Let us read of the negative influence the word ridicules the church with. Let us turn to and read 2 Peter 3, 1-4. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up pure minds by thy reverence, that he may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first that here shall come in the last days scoffers, walking at their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Peter spoke with confidence, knowing how easy it was for believers to be led astray. He did not want any of the saved to be lured back into sin. After all, what kept him humble was the most regrettable experience when he denied the Lord. He did not want the same thing to happen to any members of the church, but wanted them to serve the Lord with purity, sincerity, and honesty, and reap the promise given to the church. 
He also assured them, regardless of the false teaching and destructive heresies, as believers, you must put everything in perspective. Time will run out, and Jesus will bring everything to a timely end. Knowing this, we must live in the Spirit of the Lord right up to the very day when He returns in clouds of glory. Jesus' return is true, and He is coming soon. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the Church, and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComesSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come to your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of His hands. The church band will conclude today's telecast with a toe-tapping song titled, The Royal Telephone.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.